Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff, and today I have a really special guest, someone I've been wanting to have on for a while, who's also my mentor. I have the vice president and partner of Walter Latham Entertainment, Yolanda Smith. How are you doing, Yolanda? I'm great. Thank you. I hope you're well. <laughs> I am well. I'm uh, like I said. I'm really excited to have you on and ready to you know, get this show on the road. Really quick before we hop into things and introduce the topics, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge all of our listeners. You know, thank you guys for continuing to show your support, continuing to subscribe, to like, to share, you know, comment, and do all the great stuff to help get the word out about the same show. So really appreciate it, and that goes to everybody in all 40 plus countries. So thank you again for helping get the same show to where it is today. And if you're listening and you don't follow The Sane Show on social media, be sure to check us on Instagram and Twitter, Sane underscore show, S-S-A-N-E underscore show. And then you can find us on Facebook, The Sane Show. Again, you can find us on Facebook, The Sane Show. All right, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our topics. So today we'll be talking about Black women behind the scenes and entertainment. We're also going to talk about mentorship. Following those two topics, we'll have our interview with Yolanda so the listeners can learn more about you, the things that you have going on, and also get some insight into your journey. Let's go ahead and kick it off with Black women behind the scenes in entertainment. Oh, so hey. <laughs> we we had a conversation prior to the recording about this, and I thought it was fitting because of what you do. I thought this was a, a fitting topic to have a conversation about, especially in the age that we're in today and mm-hmm. all of the great things that are happening and obviously you you've been in the game for some time now and black women have been in this business doing a lot of things behind the scene but now like they're just they're starting to get a lot more recognition mm-hmm. than they were before and I, I guess from your experience can you kind of like speak to that as far as the changes that you've seen in the industry and, and how black women behind the scenes have uh, not only receiving a lot more recognition but also getting more opportunities in entertainment Right. Coming from behind the curtain a little bit, if you will. You know, it's interesting because, you know, being in urban comedy, uh, you think, well, you'd see more African, you'd see more African-American women, but you just don't see very many women, period, unless they are the comic. And one of the things I've seen change when I first started back in 2004, whenever I interact with someone from an agency or studio, they would always assume I was just the assistant. And this was that way for many years where I'd get Mm -hmm. something like, okay, thanks. Can you put Walter on? Or are you going to schedule the call? Or, and when I got more involved in the business part of it, it was very interesting to see how I was received. A lot of people had a hard time. I remember one agent saying he did not want to speak with me. Why is she on the call? I remember hearing, and I that almost sounds absurd to think about now in right. the time that we're in. But this was just a few years ago. I remember being asked that, like, why is your girl on the on the call? Like, you know, why is your assistant on the call? And being told she's the business, she is not my assistant. So coming from behind the scenes is an interesting thing. I like behind the scenes. Actually, I like working behind the scenes. I'm not creative. Mm-hmm. I am business. I think. We're coming from back there because people wanted to keep us back there. And, you know, women, we we don't like that. You know, <laughs> you, you don't tell us where we're going to be. 
Right. But it is so exciting to see women like Ava and to see that there are more people than just Oprah. Thank God for all the trails she's blazed. But that to see that there are women in every area of business. I mean, now I talk to African-American women that are at, you know, some of the major studios that are at the um, streaming networks, you know, so it's exciting to think, you know, I'm dealing with African-American women now at Hulu and at all these different places. So, you know, even if they're starting kind of on the bottom tier at first, they're moving their way way up quickly. And uh, I remember I had a Verizon person I was working with when we first started being sponsored by them. And it was an African-American woman who has now gone off and started her own agency. I I work with Black women now who own their own PR firms. When they started off, they were on the desk at major PR firms as someone's assistant, and now they have their own. So I've seen the evolution. I've been a part of the evolution because I did start at, hello, thank you for calling Latham Entertainment, please hold. That's where I started in January 2004. And in 20, I think 2009, it was when I started working with digital and by 2011 was made partner. So I've been a part of the evolution. You know, I'm proud to say part of the black women that are, that are behind the scenes that are saying, Hey, we're not going anywhere. You got to do more than make room because if you don't, we'll make a space of our own, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which has been really exciting to see, you know, and I've been fortunate to work with people as far as the people right beside me. So, you know, my business partner who started off as my boss, Walter Latham, our partner, Robert Stein, people who have accepted that I had something great to offer and mm-hmm. were integral in saying to people, you better get used to it. Because you, I think we need that as Black women. It's mm-hmm. great that we, we blaze trails, but we also need some strong men to say, listen, enough is enough and speak up for us. And I was fortunate to have that. That's really good. I, it, you made me think of something. <laughs> and you, you talk about like women about not taking the back seat. Right. And a lot of people probably don't know this, but I, I truly admire women that know how to do business. And honestly, I prefer. <laughs> oh, I prefer. I prefer. I prefer women over men when it comes to some, you know, being able to make some of those high level executive decisions just because. The way they go about doing things. Right. I'll, I'll be honest. And if Mal, if you're listening, she, uh, I have her on the same show uh, every now and then. And she was one of the people that helped me or helped in- encourage me to start the same show. And she's really great to work with. And if a lot of times when I think about somebody that I can go to that I would want to really be a part of, this, she's like the number one person because of how she thinks and her leadership skills and all that kind of stuff. So I, I totally agree. And you talk about we need more men to say, okay, enough is enough. I like to consider myself a part of that group. I love like, it. Thank I'm, you. I'm on your, <laughs> I got y'all all day. <laughs> that is so, awesome. You bring up an another, interesting point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you bring up an interesting point about the difference, you know, your preference of working with women in business sometimes. And here's one mm-hmm. thing that I've noticed. I'll be on the call with all men. And the first few minutes, you know, I always say men pee on a tree for the first few minutes of the conversation. <laughs> now, we may do small talk. Women may say, How are, you know, how's your family, that kind of thing. But we get into business. I feel like personally, my experience mm-hmm. is that we get into the business faster because men start talking about who they met, who they work with, what they've done. They kind of go down their resume. And I think very rarely do we do that when mm-hmm. we're, you know, we just don't have time. It's like we just the facts. In fact, 
over the years, I've been told I was kind of cold because I'll get straight to the point. I'm like, okay, so let's, what's next steps here? <laughs> like, don't, cold play, is good. don't play around. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, let's don't play with me. Let's get down to the real deal. Let's get down the business. So before I get off a call, I'm always the one that says, okay, great. Everybody loves each other. That's wonderful. What's next step? Because a lot of times I think it's get off the phone and no offense, man, but you can get off the phone with men and not be real sure what we're doing next. But everybody mm-hmm. seems to like each other. Whereas women, right. you already know, you got to send me this by this date. You got to do this by this date. You know, we're like putting down right. the, de- the deadlines. <laughs> yeah, because another thing, too, with some men, it's, it's a thing of where there's a lot of ego. Right, right. And I know that I have I have an ego, but it can, it can show at the wrong times. And so right. it's like, I don't need to put myself in an environment where I'm surrounded by that and we I'm with somebody else that's on the same wavelength. It's like, no, I need somebody that's going to bring me, hey, Cliff, all right, we got to focus and we got to do this. We got to execute. Right. <laughs> you know, we got to get right. things done. Exactly. And what I appreciate about at least a lot of the, the women that I've had the opportunity to work with is how very methodical and mm-hmm. like, it's like, look, we're going to do this. This is how it needs to be done. Right. Let's get it done. Right. And not exactly. taking <laughs> taking offense to that because like look, that's the attitude that we all need to have at the end of the day when we're doing business. That's exactly how I am. And mm-hmm. <laughs> really quick, I wanted that. to I want to touch on the creative part of it. Because when I when I look at a lot of the content, you know, we talked about this too, as far as like a lot of content that a lot of these women are putting out, the producers, the writers, just the creatives in general, also forcing us to have these conversations that we've been avoiding or that we just don't want to have. And Mm -hmm. that's great because I can definitely tell you recently, I've watched some things that were uncomfortable for me to watch, but it's like, we need to look at this. All right. And it was actually, I I cannot think of the name of it right now. It was produced by a black woman. And it's like, this is the conversation we need to have because we, we need to, these are things that we've been ignoring. We need to not only have a conversation, but we need to reflect about some of the things that are going on in society so that we can do better and that we can correct whatever needs to be corrected. You're right, you're right. No, I was going to say, I think one reason why women are more prone to tell the stories that have been covered up is because Mm -hmm. we have been the stories that have been covered up. So now that we're coming out, I think you're just hearing a lot of the stories that resonate with us and that remind us of our own struggle. So with Ava's project that got so much attention about the uh, the guys that got the bad rap in New York, oh, you think yeah. about that resonated probably with her because here's a story that hadn't been told. Here are people whose stories hadn't been voiced before. And in a lot of ways, it's probably very similar to her experience as a woman where constantly mm-hmm. someone else is telling your story and maybe not accurately. So I think one reason why you see women creatively forcing us to see things that we haven't wanted to see, hear things we haven't wanted to hear is because they have been people that didn't want to be seen or heard. People didn't want to hear or see. And so I think it just makes sense that we're the ones saying, okay, now we're coming out full blast and we're bringing our stories with us. Right. And that actually speaks to my next point as far as is not only are women making us have those conversations about the struggles of women, but they're also because it's not like, okay, we just want to talk about what women are going through. No. Right. right. Not only are we going to have a conversation about what women are going through, we're going to have a conversation about minorities too. Everybody right. is going mm-hmm. to get their, their equal share. Because mm-hmm. when it's done right, 
because talking to people about feminism and stuff like that, I'm like, it, you know, you have those people that feel some type of way about it. But I'm like, no, if it's done right, it's not just about that. Because then if you understand it and you listen to what some of these people that are or what they are actually saying, it's not just them. It's right. Exactly. a whole bunch of other groups that are going mm-hmm. through the same thing. And they're helping by bringing these conversations to the forefront and challenging us to not only have the conversation, but to do something about it and to make a change for better. I absolutely agree. I think with, with us, it's we've opened doors, doors. Some doors have been opened for us and we're opening other doors and we're saying, hey, now that it's open, we're waving our hands and waving, like you said, other minorities, stories that aren't just affecting women, all, all women of all, come, come all of you guys. Everybody who's been mm-hmm. pushed back, it's right. like, <laughs> the door propped with our shoes saying, hey, mm-hmm. hey, I've got it open, come, come on through. And I think that's right. what we're seeing. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to go into our next topic. We're going to talk about mentorship, something Yolanda knows a lot about. Actually, we met through a program of you weren't my direct mentor, but through through a friend of mine, <laughs> you, you you became my mentor too. And I love it. <laughs> and I'm I'm so I'm so glad. I'm I'm really glad that one that we met in that we were able to build a relationship because you made an impact and you still continue to make an impact on who I am as a, as a person and as a professional operating within the entertainment business. So, you know, just wanting to have a conversation about mentorship and how critical it is and just a lot of those different aspects to the whole mentor-mentee relationship. So mentors are important, mm-hmm. as you and I both know. <laughs> and I just want to say for why I believe they're important is because you learn a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if done correctly, you get the right experience. And it's, it's not just a thing of, because one of the things I learned is it's not just a thing of, you know, help me do this or help me do that or, or, or better yet, like having somebody or relying on somebody to right. more so um, actually do the hard work for you, but better yet, or the whole idea of like teach a man to fish. You know, like teach, teach me, show me, or help me get some some kind of experience, so then I can go out and do this on my own. And that's what I've been able to take from just my experience in you know, being a mentee and having I have a I have a lot of mentors, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what it's been for me. I, I guess what's your take on it as far as the importance of mentorship? Yeah, you know, I think you know, I have I'm like you. I have you know, I have a lot of mentors too. I have. You know, some of them don't even know that that's what they are to me. <laughs> and I have a few people that would say, we're friends. I'm like, you're, we're friends and you're my mentor. Right. I think mentors give perspective mm-hmm. that as a mentee, you just don't have. So, you know, I agree that as, as well as opening doors, I think a good mentor will often do that. And it's not always just an introduction, but mm-hmm. it's sometimes opening a door to a concept, an idea of something that the mentee wouldn't have thought of on their own, or maybe wouldn't have had the confidence to step out into on right. their own. I think that's one thing a mentor does. A mentor kind of is your personal pep rally embodied. Mm-hmm. A mentor says, you know, you can do this, you got this. And I think a good mentor also says, you dropped the ball here, you messed up here, you're dragging your heels here. A mentor will hold your feet to the fire. I think one thing that I have gained most from mentorship is just that 
relationship with someone who thinks bigger sometimes than even you do. And I'm a, I'm a big thinker, but sometimes I'll limit myself. And I have a mentor, a few mentors who will say, okay, you're limiting yourself right now. That's right. you. You would tell someone else X, Y, Z. I think sometimes a mentor is a mirror to who you want to be and who you're trying to be and who mm-hmm. you're portraying to your mentees. You know, mm-hmm. a mentor will come and say, now, what would you tell one of your mentees? And that's, that's, the, <laughs> that's something I've got one mentor would say, now, would you, now, if your mentee came to you saying this, what would you say? And she'll almost have me mentoring myself. So right. I think that is a perspective is a big thing. And I think you and I talked about this before the show even started about how much you gain while you're mentoring. It's not mm-hmm. just a mentor is giving, giving, giving. I learn so much from my mentees. They'll tell me, for one, a lot of times my mentees are just much more courageous than I am. Younger, <laughs> braver, riskier. Um, and I gained so much. I have one mentee that picked up and moved and I encouraged it. But when she did, it, it was like, wait, you're, you're, you're really going to leave everything here and do that. I was, I was so like hyped for, her, but at the same time mm-hmm. I was envious that I didn't have the guts to do what I had been encouraging her to do that she had taken me up on. And I've seen that several times where I've learned from mentees. Wow. The courage, the ability to step out is just exciting to me. I learned so much from you guys. Oh my goodness. You, <laughs> you it's so crazy. You say, okay, so I got a few things here, right? It reminds me, Jeff Bowen, we were mm-hmm. talking last and and one of the things he told me is like, I live vicariously through you, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. watching you as young as you are doing all these things. Yes. Some of them are crazy. Yes, you get off track sometimes, but it's like just watching you still go at going after it. So that right. part, yes. So being able, because I think that's what exactly, I think that's what you were speaking to as far as like living vicariously through the people that you mentor. Now the other part is because now, now that I'm getting experience and you know I have my peers and I have those who look at who look up to me and so you know I kind of mentor them to an extent but you know like yeah I totally know what you mean when when you talk about encouraging somebody to do something and then they do it (laughs) and you sit back and like man I wish I could have done that but I'm glad you would keep doing it you know like keep doing it right exactly it's so it's so funny how that is something else that you hit on too, as far as like, because, you know, we were talking about earlier, the uh, mentor mentee relationship and also reverse mentorship and how you, because honestly, I'm, and that's what makes you a great mentor is the ability to look at your mentee and see the things that they're doing and just being able to also take and learn from them. Mm-hmm. And I guess apply that to yourself. Cause I, that, I do the same thing. It's, it's like a lot of times when we talk about, the different generations, right? Especially me wanting to be a parent in the future. I think about what the younger generation does and me being at one point, the youngest generation (laughs) and how it was with the boomers and the generation, what X and how, what that relationship looked like, which I, I, it wasn't terrible. You have a lot of good people in these older generations, but I think it could have been better, obviously. And but when looking at the younger generation, I take what I learned from my experience with the older generation and just looking at, okay, this is what we can do. Like, cause we, at the end of the day, we have to encourage the youth. 
and we have to be able to help show them the way because I'm a big believer in being able to take the best of the old, take the best of the new, mm. and create the next big thing. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's almost like the thing of like if you don't if you don't know your past, you you don't know your present. And as mentors, being able to take and and learn from you know previous experiences, and also being able to kind of educate mentees on not only just based off experience but based off what you know history and things of that nature and being right. able to help cultivate their mind and be able to help gear them up to really because it's like yeah you you have potential you have great ideas but let me add something to that all right let me help you right. out here mm-hmm. and then doing that it's like boom because i remember it was like the first time i sat down with jeff after we met and you know i'm like this you know want want to do tour promotions and I'm sitting here thinking, like, I got the best ideas in the world. You know, I'm the hottest thing out here. Don't nobody, ain't nobody <laughs> done this before. <laughs> and before I told him that, though, we we sat down and he's telling me all this stuff. And I'm sitting here like, oh, yeah. right, right. <laughs> okay, I got a lot of, I got a lot of learning to do. <laughs> right. But it's those things that, you know, that make you step back and say, okay, from for me as a mentee, it makes you step back and say, okay, all right, cool. I need to, I need to humble myself. I mm-hmm. need to learn as much as I can. That way I can be able to get to that level and surpass that mm-hmm. and be able to take what's working now and be able to make it better for myself. So yeah, you hit on a lot of, you hit on a lot <laughs> of great things when you were talking about, you know, mentorship in the, in the relationship between uh, mentors mm-hmm. and mentees. Okay, we're back. Now we're going to go ahead and hop into the interview. This is always a highly anticipated segment for me uh, because <laughs> with, the, with the guests that I have on, there's always there's, you. It's always something interesting about people. And even though like you and I have spoken on numerous occasions, and I've, right. you know, I've heard uh, your story, and you know, also still you know staying abreast on your journey, like it's always something interesting. So. It always excites me to be able to interview my guests so then so the listeners can learn about you and the things that you have going on in your journey so that they can pretty much know just how cool you are. <laughs> so uh, if you could uh, just give the listeners some insight into your time in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as I mentioned earlier, I kind of jumped into this in 2004, January 2004, and it was totally different <laughs> from what I was doing before. So I came from human resources I've, okay. and thought I would do HR for the rest of my life, loved it. And some things happened within my family that required a move for me. And when I made a move, it meant I needed a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and a friend of mine mentioned this uh, entertainment company that had an opening. And I'm thinking, well, why is it in North Carolina? Is it legit? Are they going to be around? I asked a friend of mine who was living in L.A. I called her and said, have you ever heard of this company? And she goes, what have you been underneath a rock? Yes. (laughs) So I came in as as junior level as you can be. Like I said, straight administrative assistant answering phones. And I thought to myself, I'm too smart for this. This is no shade on that on the field of administrative assistance because they rock. But it was just not what I thought I would be doing. 
It's just answering phones. I felt like I was more of a receptionist. I'm sorry. I felt like I just had too much to offer at the time <laughs> to be just answering phones. And it was almost like what you said about being a mentee, where you think you know something and then you start doing it. You're like, oh, this ain't as easy as I thought. But I <laughs> learned so much in that role after making a lot of mistakes and realizing, okay, I don't know everything. And just kind of went through the motions of paying my dues, I guess, if you will. So I ended up becoming an executive assistant to the president, Walter Latham. And in that role, I mean, on every call. So I'm taking notes on every call. To this day, I have hundreds of notebooks with phone calls from everybody from the queens of comedy to the kings of comedy to agents and writers and animators because I was on every call, every contract call, every negotiation call, every call with a lawyer. So I got a chance to hear every aspect of the business, the creative side of the business, the legal side of the business, the financial side of the business. I was in every meeting with the controller and the CPA. So I just got a chance to get a full panoramic view of the business. I mean, I I would encourage, I know millennials love to start at the top. (laughs) But there's just something powerful about starting in a place where you have to just learn. And so I did that. And then over time, my expertise, my knowledge, all that stuff started to come. Oh, you know how to do some other stuff. And I became president of the digital division because in about 2009 is when we really started seeing a a big digital evolution with our comedy where people wanted to experience our comedy on the the platforms like YouTube and all that. And they were starting to talk about paying for original content. And there was a little conversation about it, but very indirect and very like behind the scenes. This isn't real. We don't know, but maybe we'll pay for original uh, content. And eventually they did. And we were one of the few Black channels that were in that first run of original content providers. And uh, and so now I've been doing this for, what, 15 plus years and am excited to say that now I'm not just on the call taking notes. I'm on the call doing the call. And it's really great. I took my first LA trip a few years ago by myself and took meetings with Showtime and some other providers at the time. And it was just to see the growth in myself. At first I was, I was pumped. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to LA by myself. I'm about to do this. And then I'm on the plane, like I'm going to go to LA by myself. I'm about to do this. But I got a chance to see that all those notes that I was taking, all those calls that I was listening on and all those great conversations, I got a chance to hear and experience. It was now I could see why. I could see why I had to hear them. I could see why I had to read all those notes and read every agreement and every contract because it got to a point where it was almost like, we don't need to send this to a lawyer. Let Yolanda take a look at it. And then send it to, by the time things went to the lawyer, it had been, mm-hmm. you know, I had reached it, drafted it twice. And then all they had to do was proof it and say, yeah, it's legally sound. So I am really now the business side of things. Walter is definitely the creative. And I'm the one that probably blows his candle out and says that, come on. How much is that going to cost? <laughs> But it works. See that right there. See, that's what I like. (laughs) It works really well because sometimes the candle needs to be blown out for a moment because it might burn the whole house down. And then sometimes it says, no, I got it. It makes sense. Figure it out. She said it might burn the whole house down. (laughs) You a drill. (laughs) I I, I, I want to ask you, I, I guess, 
I really appreciate you illustrating that that journey. I can just see it, and it's just, <laughs> it's always refreshing to hear it because no matter who I talk to, you got to pay your dues. Got to work your way up, and you yeah. will. And yeah. if you stick to it and you commit, you will get to where you are today. Right. So one of the things I wanted to ask you is, uh, what have you learned most? Oh my gosh! From your from doing this. That's tough. You know, I always tell people that in in this experience, I learned more than I learned with my fancy paper because, Mm -hmm. you know, an undergraduate degree from Carolina and MBA from Duke could not teach me was what experience could. There were some things that I would hear on calls that I couldn't have paid to have learned this in a classroom. Like nobody could have taught this. And there's been one thing is to be careful with accepting yeses or no's. Because we always hear, don't ex- don't take no for an answer. Keep pushing. Well, sometimes a yes is not the right yes. And I've definitely learned that in this business. There was an yeah. opportunity that came our way that was very lucrative. The names involved were great. But the integrity of those names, to me, was questionable. And when we sat down and we talked about it, it wasn't worth the yes. It just wasn't worth being in business with people that we were going to later possibly regret being in business with. And so I've learned that sometimes the yes, you need to walk away from it. And sometimes you got to push the no. Mm -hmm. And I remember one call in particular, we were on a call with YouTube and they offered an amount for original content. They said that was the max they were given to any channel. And so most of us on the call were like, cool, great, we'll take it. Walter says no and throws another number out. And we're all gasping, like, he's about to make us lose this whole thing. And they said yes. I've learned that sometimes people, they don't know what they want. I heard somebody say this recently. People don't know what they like. They like what they know. And that was really like, oh, wow. I like that resonated. <laughs> yeah, that really resonated with me because sometimes people will offer you something because they think that's what makes sense. And it takes you saying, ah, no. That maybe makes sense for this person and that person. It doesn't make sense for me. And here's why. And that's one thing I've learned from this time with Walter Latham, with Robert Stein, our partners, is that you've got to know what your content, what your brand, what your product, uh, if you're the brand, what you're worth. Because if you don't, someone else will quickly assign a value to you, which may be much lower than what it should be. And that's one of the greatest lessons that I've learned. And another one is sometimes done is just better than perfect. I am a overthinker and over everything. So I will mm-hmm. read it 10 times before I hit send. And there was one time when I cost us a great deal of money because I kept looking at this proposal and I kept looking at it and kept working on it until I missed the deadline. And by the time we were able to get it in, they had already given their best spots out. And I learned Mm. if I had turned it in, submitted it much earlier, we would have been on that first set and gotten a much bigger dollar, bigger, bigger payout. So sometimes you just got to go with it and stop overthinking it. They talk about the paralysis of overanalysis that that I've been victim of that many times. And in this business, I've learned that that can hurt you as much as being not cautious enough. You know, you think about being reckless, what that can do. What overthinking can cost you just as much as breakfast can. That's very true. Yeah. Very true. So you recently had a new calling. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Went through divinity school. Mm -hmm. Now, 
tell, talk to me about that as far as how, <laughs> how that came to be and and yeah where, it where it you at it doesn't fit does it Cliff? it's like how does <laughs> and bernie mac fit in the same it's very interesting. I've uh, I've been involved in some level of ministry for 20 plus years. It started off as Sunday school teacher at church and just have remained involved in different ways over the years. And two years ago, I was minding my own business <laughs> and I really <laughs> felt strongly I was hearing is go back to school. And I'm like, I oh, see, like, come on now, really? Go back to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, go back to divinity. And I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do with a divinity degree? I, I don't need a divinity to, degree to do what I do. And at the time, I was already like speaking at church and all that. So I'm like, well, I don't even need it to do what I do at church. But I felt God saying I needed it to be better equipped and to understand the scripture, the context and on all that. So that when I'm speaking, I really know what I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about something I heard. I'm talking about something I really, really understand. And so that led me to a master divinity emphasis on Christian leadership, which I will finish in May. I'm in my final semester right now. Mm-hmm. And it's been, yeah, it's been an exciting journey. And I always tell people it's, it's been way harder than MBA and undergrad for sure. It's been, <laughs> been kicking my behind but it has been a great experience I've learned a lot about myself a lot about balance a lot about discipline and a lot about how in the African-American community so much of what we teach and talk about is what we've heard not so much what we know and so I've started to read and understand things in a different way and some things I'm like I don't think we've had it right all this time when we've said Mm -hmm. this and said that So that's kind of what that's been. But let me tell you what the interesting connection is. So over the years, even though I work in a very secular field, I've had the opportunity to minister, if you will, to people that I would not have had a chance to meet if it wasn't for working in entertainment. And I have found that people are searching for something regardless of if they have plenty of money and celebrity or if they have nothing and no name. Everybody's searching for something. And there have been times when I've had the opportunity to offer a perspective, an outlook, a level of inspiration, positivity that people needed at that time. Because, yeah, they maybe were making money and maybe were on TV, but there was something going on in their family or in their health or just a crisis of faith. So I think over time there has been this marriage of entertainment and ministry. It doesn't seem like a, a likely fit but it has definitely been a divine fit i'm so happy to hear that it makes me think about like it, it just sounds like one of those things where as you go through life and you really you you know it, it just it, it doesn't surprise me because you know, it's almost like my pastor at my church where like, he was doing pharmaceutical sales and now he's in the pulpit preaching as you just go through life and you know you have your experiences and, and you just have these callings Yes. Like yes. these true, what might be the true calling at that and go with it. And, you know, and it's amazing what comes out of it. Exactly. <laughs> well, it was definitely, definitely fun having you on. Well, um, I agree. I'm honored <laughs> to. I mean, thank you so much for, for thinking about me. I, I was thinking when you said how cool I am, I'm like, shoot, I hope I don't let the people down. <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me. I, you're one of the mentors I talk about a lot. And that's the that's the beautiful thing about 
to having this platform because I know a lot of cool people and I've been being able to be a part of the entertainment business. I've been able to meet a lot of cool individuals. And again, I talk about a lot of people and like you and Jeff are the ones I talk about the most, Um, as well as my cousin, John, shout out to him. It's just cool, you know, having these conversations that we have off the record and Mm -hmm. during our phone calls is, you know, just being able to have people like you on and to be able to let people hear for themselves. Like, look, told you she was cool because <laughs> like, it's always a lot to be gained having these kinds of conversations so really you know that's why I have people like you on the show that not only I can take something from it because I definitely got something from it but other people can take something from it too now <laughs> so kind of my way of sharing what I have <laughs> thank you so much and I wanted to say yeah. just in close that this I think this conversation is an example of when mentorship is done the right way because here now you've brought an opportunity to me you know I mean I think this is a great example this is this is a testimony this is why it's important to be mentored and to mentor Mm -hmm. yep that is the truth hey really quick so the listeners can be able to stay abreast on what you guys have going on over there you can just let them know where they can find you guys and also find any content and if if you guys have anything out there that the listeners should check out yeah absolutely so if you put in walter latham the producer on facebook you'll find all of our great uh, content from the original kings the queens of comedy bad boys of comedy latin kings of comedy if you go on youtube youtube.com forward slash walter latham you'll find uh, some great longer form content there you can also find us on hulu we've got content on netflix and 2020 is going to be a big year believe it or not the original kings turned 20 in 2020 and so just stay tuned for that yeah the movie (laughs) was released in october 2020 to uh so that's it's huge to think about how we've been saying him downstairs now for 20 years which is an amazing (laughs) speaks to yeah it speaks to the quality of that brand yeah so 2020 is going to be a big year a lot of great projects just waiting to come out in 2020 Uh, also if you want to follow me on um, instagram or twitter i am yolanda one y-u-l-o-n-d-a one thanks so much for the opportunity yes thank you thank you and to the listeners uh, if you guys didn't catch that we got a rewind button so rewind and take notes and (laughs) definitely go check out the content and if you haven't seen the original kings of comedy I'm assuming you live under a rock for one and you gotta you gotta gotta watch it all not just that but all their content a lot of great content that they've been putting out over the years and continue to put out so definitely go check them out and again you know, go follow us, the same show, Instagram, Twitter, Sane underscore show, S-A-N-E underscore show, and then Facebook, the same show. Uh, thank you again, Yolanda. Thank you again, uh-huh. listeners. And this is the same show, the show about nothing and everything. And until next time, we're out. Mm-hmm.